This is episode 5-9 of Free is in Freedom. I'm Karen Sandler. And I'm Bradley Kuhn. This is Free as in Freedom. Uh, well, so we did an uh, episode a uh, while back that said we were back. Uh, but we were not really back. We were briefly back. That's correct. But we're back now. Well, that's, I, I think, what we have to talk to the listeners about. If you believe us. Well, we've made a decision now that we... So, so, so let, let's tell a long story here. Because our listeners love long, drawn-out <laughs> stories about random logistical things. Okay. I think they do. Uh, I think some very much do and some very much don't. Okay. So the ones who don't, uh, the, you've gotten the summary where, where there's going to be more episodes coming in the coming weeks and months. Okay. Yep. The, now, for those of you that want the whole story, the real story. The real... <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. The, the story. What is the real story? We, we, you know the real story. I have to tell Karen the real story. <laughs> so the real story, Karen. So so, let's think back to the long, long ago, the time the before. Long, long ago. The time, the time before. before. The time when we first started recording things together. Yeah, or, the or yeah. After that. We'll start there. The time before, and the time before, we did the recordings together, and we worked at the same place. Yes. Then we stopped working at the same place for various reasons. Then yes, we worked at different places. So when I had your job, remember I used to have your job. I gave it to you lifetimes ago. I used to be you. You used to be me. No, I wasn't. And I used to I be never, you. No. That, no, I never was you. And I was never you. So that's fine. <laughs> um, no, uh, so I had your job. I was the executive director of Software Freedom Conservancy. And then you were the executive director of the Gnome Foundation. Right. And this made, and we lived in the same city. Yes. And so this made recording very easy and it worked pretty well, right? Because we didn't see each other that often. We didn't talk that often. Really? And it was really, really fun to record an podcast and see each other and catch up. So Karen enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> you but, enjoyed it too. Okay. Well, it was convenient. It was certainly very convenient because it was. You can tell our listeners that you didn't enjoy it, but I don't. I know the truth. I, okay. Well, anyway, so it was convenient, certainly, and it made it easy for us to produce material and and most of the uh, most of the faith period. Really, I would expect the the large majority of our back catalog mm -hmm. for free is and freedom was done during that period but then i came to work for conservancy right so i was bad at my job is really what happened see i was not a good executive director so i would definitely not say that well that was nice of you to say that but i had to stop being i think you were a pretty good executive director and i think you were a good executive director at the free software foundation too uh, John's better, and you're better at this one. Anyway, I'll the, take po it. the whole point is that I wasn't doing that anymore. I had to find somebody else to do the job. So as soon as we had enough money to hire an executive director or to hire another person, another management person, I gave Karen, or I offered Karen my job and switched my job to whatever it is I'm called these days, distinguished technologist. You picked it, so I know I picked it, but I, you know, it's, but I, I, I do a lot of random things that are not that. So it's, right, and I do a lot of random <laughs> things that are not executive director. So, um, so once that happened, things were different. So first of all, as a as a personal matter, Karen and I have to talk pretty much every day for our work. I was I was sort of going to say we stopped being friends. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I suppose that I maybe that's true. I don't know. <laughs> no. um, well, you can't, you're not, not supposed to be friends with your employees. It's not true. So you're not supposed to be my friend. Doesn't don't all the little management handbooks they give you all? Wait, they never but, gave me one, by the but way. Then how but they must that, have given you one. But how does that work with your president of the board? I well, yeah. I'm just well. That's just like a. So one that's a statutory seventh, one seventh role. of you can't be uh, friends with me. I guess, but uh, oh, are you talking about the fact that I'm a board member, not that I'm president? President yes. is a somewhat statutory role, right? Well, I really kind of it's is. different in different organizations. Our presidency is a statutory role. I, I don't actually have any like operational duties that the bylaws insist I must do. Well, actually, I believe. Well, actually, I, I believe that if if I'm not functioning as executive director, <laughs> then that those all fall to you. Oh, I guess that's true. I think that true. you have ultimate... I mean, I think you have responsibility for the operations of the org in the absence of an executive director. Oh, that might be true. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... Uh, but I don't do that now. So it's it's a somewhat no. ceremonial role. Right. So, But I am a director. I, I wouldn't give up my... The, the, the reason it's so complicated is I wouldn't give up my board seat at Conservancy. I was on the board Nobody of Nobody asked directors. you to give up the board seat, to be clear. So everyone knows <sighs> you weren't asked to leave the board. No, I was not asked to leave the board, but... Um, I think it would have been more convenient for everyone if I had said, well, since I'm not going to be the executive director anymore, maybe I should, I'm just going to be an employee. I should resign from the board, but I wouldn't. No one ever asked me to do that. I don't know that but, it would have been more convenient. But anyway, that's an alternate universe that didn't. True. Yeah. But, but we had to do this whole thing where it, it, because the executive director reports to the board, but I'm an employee and on the board. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't think it's that common that a mundane employee of an organization has a seat on the organization's board. I think our structure is highly unusual. Yes. I agree with that. That was my point. And it works because we are who we are. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> so so but the, the the whole point about this thing was that you and I work together every day and talk every day about conservancy. Well, so it actually it cut in both directions because when we got together, we were talking all about conservancy things and we didn't have... We were so overwhelmed with work that we just didn't even have time to talk about, you know, things that might be of interest for an Oddcast, let alone think to set up the equipment. Yeah, and at one point you said we should just start recording our phone calls and, like, broadcast those, but that would be pretty boring. So we didn't do that. Yeah, well, we'd also take heavy editing because some of that stuff was interesting, but some was not. <laughs> and some was confidential. I suppose. I, 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 I'm mm -hmm. pretty public about everything that happens. Well, yeah. Conservancy, we publish as much as we possibly can. So that didn't work anymore. Then I moved. So our listeners may not know that I had to get out of this horrible place called New York City. I think we talked about it on the Oddcastle. Anyway, I got the I got way out of New York City. Um, I love New York City. It's it, so uh, so the reason we're recording right now is because I'm in New York City with Karen, and so we were able to be in the same place to record. So th so of course we have recorded many episodes remote. We we used to do that a lot, um, but that's an extra editing job. Because when you record, so to get a good recording, we've talked about this some, uh, and we have made reference to uh, the old Linux Outlaws podcast where they talked about, they did a whole episode about how they record the podcast. But one of the essential things that all people who record audio for broadcasts will tell you is that you need a local recording. You need a microphone plugged into something at your local site. Even if you have a back channel to communicate with the other parties, that back channel is not what's broadcast. And there are some podcasts out there that just record a phone call. And you can tell they don't sound very good. Mm -hmm. 
the way we get the sound that we do, other than right now we're sitting on the floor huddled behind a wall to avoid noise of a refrigerator. <laughs> um, but other than th those parts of it, which are minor, like small optimization, the big optimization that you do is you record local audio. So if we're not in the same place, we would record two audio streams. And I just learned this recently. I had no idea that our, our producer, Dan, whom we're going to talk about more in a minute, was doing all this. But there's apparently this thing called Drift. Yeah, I, you know... I, I I'd be pressed to describe it in great detail, but um, but Mike Tarantino was filling in for Dan Lynch, and and what was difficult about the last episode that was published was that some drift was introduced through the recordings, and so they weren't completely synced up with each other, and therefore it took a lot of editing to make it sound natural as a conversation. Yeah, I think that has to do with sampling rates and other types of things. Where at the beginning it's only a couple of milliseconds, it doesn't matter, but then it, it th those milliseconds add up towards the end, and by the end of it, you're three seconds off from each other. Those kinds of things happen. Way we traditionally always recorded this show is the way we're recording this one now. The two of us sitting together in front of a microphone, the same microphone, the same laptop, everything, and so we have one audio stream that is the both of us. Um, now, people have complained in the past. We try to do a good job with this, um, making sure our voice is at the same volume, because one of us is sometimes louder than the other when we do it this way. But but this is really the optimal way to get production done. Um, and Dan, producer Dan Lynch, uh, never really complained. He never complained about this. He never made no, any indication he, that it was any bigger deal. He just did so much work and never complained about it. And so a lot of times when he was editing, he was editing the two places. Well, then, so we Plus, find... he would do crazy things like edit random sounds out you know, like if, if one of us moved in the chair or tapped on the table or... Yeah. Yeah. And he enjoyed doing that and was very... Uh, as a volunteer. And so... It was amazing. We even had one interviewee who had such long pauses between uh, what he was saying that day that Dan went in and edited it so that the conversation was tighter and easier to listen to. So... That was all very good, and that was going to be working, right? So when we announced last year sometime, or maybe it was 18 months ago now, that we were getting going again, we, were, we had set up, I would set myself up locally to record, Karen was going to record locally, and we had it all planned out. Um, and we, uh, we found out just a few weeks after that, once we got going again, that Dan uh, had gotten very sick. And yeah. I'm going to link in the show notes to his blog posts. Uh, I, I, I refer everybody to that. He's, he's blogged about his uh, surgery and his recovery. Um, and so he's talked about this publicly, and you can read it there. So that went on for some time. We didn't know if we were going to continue. And now the great news is that uh, Dan has finished his surgery. He's still going through uh, some amounts of recovery, but he's ready to do the editing again. So our producer, Dan, is back. Uh, we're back we've got a plan for how to record so i think going forward there's a i guess a likelihood that we'll be able to continue and have a regular show and there's other reasons as well we want to do that that's another point uh we've discovered mm -hmm. by the way that uh, this show is really important to our work at conservancy do you want to talk a little bit about that karen how we've we've seen that yeah, I mean, I think that uh, there there aren't, I'd, I'd say, a, a lot of shows like this anymore. I think when we started recording, there were many more podcasts out there mm -hmm. talking about core issues in free and open source software. And one by one, those shows have somewhat disappeared. Um, and 
Uh, well, most notably Linux Outlaws, which I mean, we have a tight yeah. connection with because of Dan is now gone. So because mm-hmm. Dan and even before Dan got sick, Dan and Fab had ended the show. And there are still a handful that remain, but there's a um, there's a, a a listening public that's really interested in these issues, and not a lot of places that are delivering the content. Um, and so um, and so one thing is that is that there's a real need. Um, and the 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 second thing is is that at Conservancy we've um, as you've all happily thank you uh, bore with us while we we did our fundraiser episode um, back in November um, we pivoted Conservancy from a uh, more uh, a model where we're focusing more on corporate donations to an individual supporter run organization or supported organization and so. Um, talking about the work that we do at Conservancy, which also fits into the most important issues in free and open source software, is now really critical to what Conservancy does. And in fact, we need you, our listeners, to help us not only by becoming supporters, but by explaining to other people what we do so they can understand uh, why it's important and why it's worthwhile for um, for them to sign up as supporters. And if, um, you know, if we don't really talk about the work that we're doing, then it's almost as if we don't do the work at all. And Karen and I are still, as many of us, many of you have seen us in various places, uh, traveling and doing talks about free software and about conservancy uh, at conferences. And I, I recently went uh, to just uh, user groups and gave some talks. Uh, and at all of these events, uh, basically, pe- a few people come up to us and ask what happened to the show and when it's coming back. Uh, so we, we've actually been surprised. Uh, you know, I, I've talked in the past about how I've done numbers against downloads, and I estimate we have. Uh, basically between 900 and 1100 unique IP numbers downloading uh, the show every episode. Uh, and a big show will get will get up to like three or 4,000 if it's a guest that's really popular or something like that. And at the low end, so sort of the more boring shows that we've done, we've done a few, <laughs> they get between 700 and 800 unique IPs downloading. But I, I actually, you know, I, I assume that was that our listener base was between 700 and 1200 people. Uh, the just the anecdotal sampling of people coming up to us to bother to ask about it indicates to us that 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 actually might be just the floor of of the numbers. And, I think that has to be true. And I've talked to this with some of you when we when I've been out there, and uh, a number of you have pointed out to me that the 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 aggregation sites that redistribute uh, audio. Uh, well, I mean, of course, there's the the big evil one, uh, <laughs> which I think we're on uh, the iTunes well, is what are. I'm talking about. Um, um, so we were. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're gone now, but I, but the point is, is there's, it's not just iTunes. There, there are lots of these different sites that aggregate audio. I was looking for uh, just last night. I was looking for this. Like, I shouldn't talk about this because it'll get people excited. It doesn't exist anymore. John Masters used to do this really good show where he would summarize the Linux kernel mailing list. He did it for about ten months. It's also got a catchy song. And it was, um, I, well, I, we can debate about the song, but the content was very good. It actually was the first time in my life I've ever been able to follow Linux development because it was this great summary of, of traffic that had happened on the mailing list on a weekly basis. He did daily, and then he did it weekly, and then he stopped doing it. Um, but I was able to find like four different sites uh, that had that, because he doesn't have it on his website anymore, that had aggregated and were distributing that audio. So I presume based on what all of you have been telling us when we're out there speaking, that there are a lot of sites people are getting this audio from, that there are there is a listener base. Uh, and so uh, I'd be curious to, we'd be curious to hear from you, to write in, that you're glad that it's back, so we know that there are people beyond just the ones downloading, particularly if you don't download it directly uh, from uh, from faith.us. Uh, 
and the RSS feed there. If you're getting at some other mechanism, I'd be curious to hear about it, uh, just so we know that we're we're reaching beyond what we see on our hits on on the website that we have. Uh, b- uh, and I think Karen's right that there there are fewer of these. I I mean I I I also thought that maybe it was because it's not what the kids want anymore. That's- well, the kids kind of want video. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know if we're ever gonna do a video thing. Video killed the radio star. <laughs> I'm not uh, super enthusiastic about doing video, I have to confess, but I am going to record one or two videos for specific purposes. Perhaps with you. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered about that. That, that somebody, that somebody that planned, that had to be planned, right? Somebody thought that, that I'm, I'm making reference to something I have that's in my own head at the moment. So the whole thing about how the first video ever shown on. So, okay, so for the kids, there, before there was the world we have now there was uh, this is weird because it was the new thing when i was a kid there there was a thing called mtv which was actually just showed music videos which stopped at some point in the 90s but in the 80s and early 90s there was this thing called mtv and the first video they showed was the video for the song video killed the radio star you know this right yes yes of course so, I'm doing everything I can to not sing "Video Killed the Radio Star." Okay, well, we'll maybe we'll maybe people will hear it <laughs> if we can find out whether we can use that audio and under fair use. We will do a fair use analysis of whether we can play that at the end of the show. But um, but I I mean I I've always thought that somebody was sitting around like looking at that and saying when we launch we should use this song because then forever people will like it'll be the thing. Like, I mean it's such an obvious thing to do. Yeah, but uh, did they wait for it? I always wondered that. Did they sit and wait? until oh, that yeah, video was available did they did they talk to the the buggle buggles what the hell is that band called i don't know the buggles the buggle the something something like that really yes i'm gonna okay sorry for the typing i need to look this up now to tell karen it's, a, it's something uggles is the name of that band sorry for typing this is makes for great podcasting looking buggles see i was right b-u-g-g-l-e-s that's the okay. name of that band so 79 when did mtv launch it was released in 1980 um, I don't know. I think that date's wrong. That, oh. Then 80 was the release. But when did MTV launch? Okay, well, more typing. It's just like you're hanging out with us. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> so, so it was the next year. Oh, okay. So, so I thought around. it was in the works. I bet MTV as an idea was in the works. And then once... That once they saw that they had done a video for that song. I mean, obviously, it would be a logical first. first choice. So anyway, so uh, I don't think we're going to turn into a video podcast. I actually think as well, there are still audio casts. I mean, a lot of video shows do an audio feed, which I presume mm-hmm. people use. Um, there's pretty much two major networks that do technology and open source related podcasting um I, i'll leave i'll leave figuring out what those two are as an exercise to the reader because um, <laughs> i don't necessarily want to promote them um and i think that's kind of consolidated there and i also have noticed that a lot of the various different news sites have their own little audio cast stuff so i think mm-hmm. what's happened is is that the tech press which i generally don't think very much of i've said that before on the show has consolidated into being who's willing to produce audio because it is an effort and i think there's yeah. fewer and a lot of people have come over to video so at conferences it used to be you would after your talks you would be approached by people and you would sit down with them and they would record audio but now you're more likely to just get hit with a camera quickly yeah and, and so my feeling always was is that i i think you know, even though i don't live in in the big city anymore like karen does <laughs> um i think there are lots of situations where people would prefer audio driving is the obvious example i do not want people watching video uh, podcasts while driving people drive 
Yeah, but there are people, especially in the United States, there's a lot of places people who drive. I don't understand anything okay. about that. So there's a case where audio is better. And walking, and for your more big city. I mean, I understand that if you need to live in a place where you have to drive. I have no car. I have no car. <laughs> you, you drive a lot. <laughs> I don't drive. Relative to me. I don't know. Once a week, Once I a get week. a zip car. Every week? You're driving every week. Yeah, but if everybody... <laughs> take every action as if by action you willed it to universal law, right? Simple conscient <laughs> ethics. If everyone who needed a car used a car sharing service, then... We would not really I have I never thought I would hear Bradley Cooper <laughs> no, in the actually, sharing economy. I don't, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't believe in, no, I don't actually believe, no, I don't believe in, like, car sharing, like, uh-huh. rent it out, like, on uh-huh. the, uh, on the Portlandia episode, which I live in Portland, Oregon, by the way. There's a Portlandia skit where they talk about renting out, like, your toothbrush for 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> the, the, you know rent it out, you're not using it right now, rent it out. But nothing as good as but, that uh, video on privilege. Yeah, that's a different video. <laughs> so now, but see, now we have to link to all these things. You're just making things I have to link to in the show notes. Um, yeah, so there, there are uses, but uh, to take it back on topic, there are uses for video. I think there are certain things that obviously sketch comedy does better in video, but there are a lot of comedians who have podcasts to promote their personal brands and they still do them. So yeah. we hope there is an audience for audio. We hope yes. that audio can kill the video star. And we have we have a few ideas software. of things that we can do um, in coming episodes that will take advantage of the audio format, um, and uh, I think that will be helpful. Um, and with that, I would say that uh, we do intend to stick mostly to topic in future. Well, and the, yeah, the last thing I wanted to mention is the next few episodes you're going to hear from us. We we actually went back through uh, various different topics we've covered in the past, and, and we really would like to have some reference episodes. People ask us about uh, some basic topics in free software regularly, uh, like things like uh, how do all the licenses work and those sorts of things. Uh, Karen and I have decided we really would like to have some reference episodes that we can refer people to. So uh, for our, our really experienced listeners who uh, who want the deep, in-depth uh, analysis, uh, you may be speeding to the end of some of these upcoming shows uh, because we want to make them good reference material, but we'll try at the ends uh, to get a little more advanced topic on each of those so that yeah, there's something for all of you. There's always something that's newsworthy or in-depth that we'll cover. I think we can't avoid it, even if we wanted to. And uh, and the final thing, uh, I, and I just said the last thing was the final thing, but this is the, the truly final thing. Uh, obviously, this uh, it, it's tough for Karen and I, I think, to think about this show other than in terms of conservancy now. It was a different thing when we Karen worked at Gnome Foundation, I worked at Conservancy, and it was more of a general nonprofit show. We're not going to turn this into, notwithstanding the fact that the la- one of the last episodes you heard before this one was a was a fundraiser for Conservancy. Um, we're we're not going to. Uh, well, I wish the NPR thing would work and we could interrupt with messages <laughs> of, of you should donate now to Conservancy. Um, we may put a little thing in the, the bumpers uh, to, about that. Uh, but I think beyond that, we're, we're not going to turn this into just a promotional vehicle for Conservancy. We presume, hopefully this is correct, that all of you uh, like the work that we do at Conservancy because it is in-depth uh, about key free software issues. So we're often going to be talking about our Conservancy work, uh, but I think it fits with what you want to hear about because what Karen and I do professionally is basically the the types of material that we've historically talked about on Free as and Freedom. I agree. 
Okay, so uh, hopefully we're back in a semi-permanent way. Um, what, what we will promise to do uh, is when we, we think there might be a break, we will try to mention it on that show if it's going to happen. So you'll know uh, a little more in advance that the, the, the hiatus is coming. Uh, we'll try to do better with that. If, if, and, if, and you'll just be pleasantly surprised if it turns out it doesn't become a hiatus. But I think we've failed in that regard a couple of times. We've, we've disappeared without saying we were disappearing. Yes, we intend to be on a regular schedule from now on. So, uh, so this is uh, this has been a uh, a, a uh, informative episode to tell you about what you're. G- this is like completely meta, like a, this the meta information about what's information is going to be available on the show when it has information. I think it's simply it's good to see you again. <laughs> we're not seeing anybody. <laughs> we just talked about how we're not doing video. He took the bait. Well, do you did that on purpose? <laughs> Really? I did. <laughs> oh, come on. That's not fair. That can't be right. Well, I've done it before accidentally, so. Yeah, well, I assumed you were just doing it again. So. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, and we're glad you're back. And we're gl- thanks to all of you who kept that RSS feed uh, subscribed, even though there was nothing new on it for so long. Free as in Freedom is produced by Dan Lynch of danlynch.org. That's D-A-N-L-Y-N-C-H dot O-R-G. The Free as in Freedom theme music was written by Mike Tarantino and is performed by Mike Tarantino with Charlie Paxton on drums. You can learn more about our work at the Software Freedom Conservancy at the website sfconservancy.org. Conservancy is a 501c3 charity and is supported by your donations. An RSS feed for this show is available from faith.us. That's F-A-I-F dot U-S. All episodes of Free as in Freedom are licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. Okay, go ahead. Video killed the radio star. Video killed the radio star. You don't know any of the other words. In my mind and in my car. We can't rewind. We've gone too far. But we'll probably cut it before that because of the fair use uh, analysis. <laughs> what, what, when's, when does the fair... Wait. <laughs> First of all, fair use is a defense. Okay, so... Yes, but if we do a fair use analysis on the defense, the amount of time... The length of time... The amount of the material that you use is a relevant factor in fair use. And also, since my singing is so good, it could potentially, with a whole portion of the song, replace the market for the original work. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> does there, does, is there a market for that work? I mean, there is a... Well, absolutely. There is a commercial viability for that song. And it's still under copyright, of course. It's just from the 80s. Or 79 or 80s. Oh, well, yeah. But, I mean, that's because everything since 1976 is under copyright forever. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, everything... I mean, yeah, well, that's true. Uh, okay i i so but it's on youtube are we still recording yes it's on youtube (laughs) put there by somebody else so they haven't sent a cnd to those people and that's actually a copy of the video well it, it may not be by somebody else who knows